And we say good morning to Mark Tuohy on the Morning Brief, advisor to business and political leaders. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, John Moore. Uh, not sure if you had a chance to watch any of the three debates yesterday or you've been through some of the highlights, but I certainly took away a few impressions. And actually, for me, they were surprising because um, in the third debate last night, the Scarborough debate, I thought Josh Matlow did very, very well. And I know Josh Matlow, you know, one of the things I said to him when he was in studio for his intake interview, I said, you know, you're not popular on council. And he said, I don't care. And I guess maybe that works. Yeah, it does. I mean, he has nothing. He's got no stakes in the game. He's not going to win. He knows he's not going to win. He's got nothing to lose. He's got a job. It's guaranteed no matter what he says, no matter what he does. So he's just going for it. Josh is being Josh. And you're right. He doesn't have any friends on council. He's just not really the kind of guy that makes friends or supports other people. He's always about Josh. So uh, I think those are things that would make him a lousy mayor. But it probably Probably makes him a very entertaining debate, uh, you know, debater. And I also, my takeaway from, again, the, the one debate I watched yesterday was the 631, uh, you know, from Scarborough. And I thought, you know, Olivia Chow continues to underwhelm. And I don't think that Mark Saunders is a standout either. Yeah, I don't think either of those uh, two candidates want to be mayor. I think they were both uh, sort of talked into it. I think Mark Saunders uh, doesn't really know what to do in retirement. He's really running to be the chief of police in Toronto, a job that he already had once and quit. Uh, and uh, I'm not really sure why he would want to be mayor. He's not good at any of the things that a mayor needs to be good at. Olivia Chow, on the other hand, every time I listen to her or watch her, I, you know, maybe this is just, I'm just wrong, but she just comes across as a, as a, sort of a, a bit of a bemuddled cat lady. Uh, she's uh, <laughs> sticking to her one or two lines about, has anybody been on a bus that was slow? And I'm serious, like, of course we have. That's, that's how buses work. But I don't think she aspired to be mayor recently. I think this is the NDP who would like to get back into control. And they don't find a good candidate anywhere else, so they've gone back to her. I don't think she would lose any sleep if she doesn't win. But uh, so then who does does that leave you? Like it's it's not a really inspiring cast of also rents. Okay, so on to another municipality and provincial affairs as well. Yesterday, Doug Ford lacing into Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie. I was a little surprised, and you're a political strategist, so maybe you can shed some light on this. I figured, you know, she made the announcement two days ago, so he didn't have to return it to the news cycle yesterday, but maybe this is like suppression fire. I don't think that much thought went into it, to be perfectly honest. To me, it just sounded like Doug responding to perhaps a question or it uh, came up. And uh, Doug Ford is kind of a shoot-from-the-lip kind of guy. And uh, he's telling you what he thinks. And I will say that he's been consistent. He was not uh, happy with uh, Patrick Brown, who did something similar to try to seek the leadership of the Federal Conservative Party while he was mayor of Brampton. He's always been opposed to this type of thing. He's still opposed to this type of thing. On that, I think most people, when they think about it, would agree with him. Uh, does it matter? I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, you worked at City Hall, so maybe you can explain what might have been going on behind the scenes. Yesterday morning, we were talking about how Canada Day celebrations in Nathan Phillips Square were being canceled to save money, and then within hours, they were restored. Yeah, well, this is kind of fascinating to me because 
it, you know, if you, if you read the press, you would think, oh my God, they canceled a long-standing tradition. This is not a long-standing tradition. Toronto, as a megacity, has never really celebrated Canada Day at Nathan Phillips Square. Uh, it's something that started, I think, 2017, they did it. Uh, I think they might have done it a year before that, but that's just about it. Uh, I remember working at uh, in the mayor's office 2010 to 2013 and thinking, you know, we really should do something at Nathan Phillips Square, but, you know, we had Mel Lastman Square, which had a long-standing tradition. We had Asperger's Bay, which was a long-standing tradition. That was about it. So this idea that we were in peril of losing something that you know we had always done is a falsehood. Uh, we did it in 2017, maybe a couple of years before that. During pandemic, it wasn't happening. And to be honest, I think we should do something, but at a time when the city's got a billion dollar hole in its budget and no way to pay the bills, this is not where we should be spending money. One way I figure out the smaller issues that are bubbling up in our city is I go for a bike ride and I'll see lawn signs complaining about you know a condo development that they think is going to cast a shadow or the switchback that everybody hated that was going down to the Don Valley. Um, now we're looking apparently in the city of Toronto at putting limits on advocacy signs. Now you're still going to be able to have one per lawn. So I, you know, honestly, Mark, I think if you have more than one lawn sign, you're overdoing it. Some crazy cat person complained <laughs> about their neighbor. I'm on about cats today. I know. Uh, some crazy cat person complained about their neighbor having signs that annoyed them. And so this became a bylaw. I mean, that's the genesis of this. I don't like government telling you what you can do on your own property, but this is a long-standing area of municipal law. The city, many of the city's bylaws, much of its work regulates the size, color, shape, location, and sort of amplitude of signage across the city of every single description. So this is consistent with what cities do. I don't think it's an unreasonable infringement if you have to have an infringement, but frankly, this is the kind of thing that drives the cost of governance up because just to write this report, just to get it to council to have 15 staff spend, you know, 150 hours each, this is probably a hundred thousand dollar proposal just to get it this far and the council orders reports like this you know 50 times a council meeting that's where your tax money is going meanwhile the governor general speaking of tax money is getting a pay hike <laughs> i was observing earlier in the show everyone complains about the, the compensation of elected officials and others in government and then when we come up with a formula which makes them automatic we complain when the automatic mechanism kicks in. Yeah, at about $350,000 in terms of salary, I don't think that's unreasonable for the job. What I do think is unreasonable is a lot, like, how, I want to know, and I'm sure it's not zero. I'm sure she has to pay uh, towards her uh, her food. Uh, I'm sure she has to pay an allowance even towards accommodation, but I don't know that for a fact. I'd like to know those numbers so we can get a sense. Put it all on, on the table. How much does she have to pay to be Governor General? What does it... 
actually, like you were mentioning the clothing allowance. We've talked about that before. That's a lot of clothes you can buy for the amount of money that she's entitled to over a four or five year term. Does she really need to have, you know, how are we judging her? I was in a job where I had to wear a suit every day. I had to wear a, uh, you know, a black tie that I had to own once in a while. And, you know, I had to buy all of that kind of stuff out of my salary. And uh, it's expensive, but that's part of what you get the big salary for. Or you get an allowance. You don't usually get both. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Thanks, Tom. That's Mark Tui, and uh, I think it informs some of the stuff we were talking about. He used to work at Toronto City Hall as the mayor's chief of staff, amongst other positions that he's held in his life, and a member of the armed forces, I might add.